Differences with Kimberlyn Lavelle, and this episode is about where I'm at, educating my little people. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to share a little bit about where we're at, what we're up to, what we're doing, how I'm choosing to educate them. First of all, books, <laughs> reading. We do lots and lots and lots of reading. Um, I've always loved reading to my kids and they love being read to, so it works out really well for all of us. Um, we all enjoy it. Um, <clears throat> and, and it also sparks a lot of discussions. We also have a lot of discussions, and not just from the books, from life in general. So there's a lot of books, there's a lot of discussions. And a lot of times when we're having a discussion, we'll find a book to kind of help us explain it a little bit more, to show pictures, whatever it is. Um, so that is driving a huge part of their education is all of the books that they are exposed to and their overall love of reading and learning. <clears throat> we also go to the park almost daily, sometimes multiple times a day. Um, we happen to live in a lovely little spot um, that has like six small little parks all within a really easy walking distance. So, you know, the discussion every day is which park do we want to go to and you know we meet up with different people sometimes intentionally um more often we just see people sometimes we see the same kids over and over and they start to get to know them um other times a lot of times we are constantly meeting new people and they're playing with new kids um at those parks we do some play dates i'm working on that a little bit more now that things are um the, the whole COVID situation is not over, but resolving itself somewhat. Um, you know, we're getting out more, we're making more playdates. We're getting, we're interacting with more kids. Um, they need it so much. So it's, it's always been a hard balance, but I've been reaching out um, to a lot more people trying to set things up. And with that, I, you know, I'm setting up the time, the day, the place where we're having this play date, but I'm not, I'm not involved in the activity that's, or the activities that are happening. Like I don't, I don't plan something. I don't set up a craft. I don't do anything other than here's a child you can play with. Um, and, and even then that we've had play dates at the park, and my kid and that kid, you know, it was the first time meeting. They didn't really play much together. They both kind of played with other kids at the park. So even if it's, we're planning on having a play date, it might not happen the way you think. And that's okay. I always just let it go. Um, outings, uh, you know, we're going all the places, right? We live in Southern California, so we love to go to the beach, um, but it's a bit of a drive from where we're at. Then there's hiking and the zoo and the museums and libraries and, and just the farmer's market. Every Saturday we walk down to the farmer's market that's really close. Um, I really like where we live right now because it's, it's, like I said, it's got all those parks and it's got a farmer's market close and a little, um, the big shopping center with like Target and stuff. So we could walk there. So it's all, it all works out really nicely. Um, so we, a lot of outings, you know, they go with me grocery shopping and that is part of 
their education in a lot of ways. Like all of these things contribute to their education, but I'm not necessarily thinking about, oh, what can I teach them while we're here? I know a lot of times that the experience itself is educational. So I don't have to plan too much, especially at their age where it's just about being, about being and about experiencing new things and also about practicing things and seeing what's happening. Um, I am making a point on these outings to try to use cash instead of credit card. I was all about credit card because then you don't have to like constantly be getting cash out of the bank. It's just, here's my card, here's my card, here's my card. And then I was realizing I was still doing it as my kids were starting to get to starting to notice, you know, how money, how action transactions happen. But it's hard to show them what's really happening. All they know is that we go up, we ask for something, we get it. So in their mind, everything's free. Um, so it, it's, and yet I'm telling them that things are too expensive, so we're not going to buy it. And that's confusing, right? Um, so I've made a point of, of just starting to use cash. I don't, I don't talk to them about it a ton, but I just am trying to use it so they can see that I'm paying with cash and they can see when I'm getting changed back and they, just so they can start to see that. And pretty soon I'll start having them pay and be, be a little more involved in that whole process. Um, <clears throat> classes. I haven't signed them up for anything yet. Um, well, actually sort of signed them up for a swim. It just hasn't started yet. We've looked into martial arts. I'm looking at some art classes and dance classes, um, gymnastics classes, music classes. There's been like a fun one at um, a little toy shop in Riverside, um, Things They Love. She's been running a couple of, there's been a couple of music classes that we've joined in and that's been a lot of fun. And I'm blinking on the person's name right now. Oh, off. I meant to say it. Anyway, so we're trying to do a lot of that stuff. So learning, um, we also did subscribe to Prodigies, um, with the like little music desk bells. I don't know if you've seen their ads on Facebook. They got me. I thought about it for a really long time and decided we would try it. So we have, so we have that, um, and we'll do our own little music class. So they can learn that. So, you know, trying to expose them to things, it, it's that, that, um, the classes are primarily to learn the skill that the class is about, but it's also, except for things like at home music, it's also about meeting people and being in a, an environment with other kids. So it's fun to, to finally get to start doing some of that. Um, and then a lot of their education is also just involving them. You know, it's, it's, um, I'm cleaning here. You want to dust this off? Do you want to tidy that up? Oh, can you grab this for me? Can you bring me a washcloth involving them? Um, you know, here's the spray bottle. Do you want to clean the windows? Things like that. So involving them in cleaning, involving them in the cooking that we're doing, finding ways that they can help. You know, we've got the little toddler tower thing where they can climb up. And then they're at the counter height and they can help pour and mix. Other times I'll bring things down and just hand them on the floor and they can mix and stir sitting on the floor. <coughs> it's, 
it's whatever works um, best for them. Sorry, I've got a still kind of getting over an old cold. Um, so this cough is lingering. So involving them, I'm also involving them in just my expectations. You know, I, I expect them to also participate in cleaning. So it's not just when I'm cleaning something, but there are things that they're responsible for cleaning up and I'm always there to help, but they're responsible cleaning and tidying. Um, and they know what things that they're really, they really are responsible for. Um, <clears throat> and then all those opportunities to join me. I also involve them, you know, we're going grocery shopping. I take them with me. They help choose food. You know, they know that if they say, oh, let's get a watermelon. That was yesterday. I want a watermelon. Okay. You know, and I, I'm thinking about it. It's like, well, you know, we already have some strawberries at home, but we're most almost gone with them. Almost done with them. But tomorrow we'll go to the farmer's market. So what, you know, what, how much fruit should we really get? So we have those conversations and they ask for things. They kind of help us make decisions. I'll ask them, remind me that we need this <clears throat> to kind of involve them in, in the things that are important and that are happening. So that they know that they are an important part of our family and our, and in, and how our family functions, that they contribute. Um, it's very important to me that they feel like a contributing member of the family. Um, not. So <clears throat> do I use curriculum? No. <laughs> do I have curriculum? Yes. I, I have purchased, um, stuff more going forward as a teacher. The, the thing I seem to like almost never have enough of is the very beginning readers where it's a decodable text that kids can l just practice decoding a word. You know, they see m, a, t, mat, and they're, they're practicing that at that very early level. I never seem to have enough of those books because once they've read it, now they know that story. And I want them to have something new and something new and something new. So that they're constantly, it's good to reread. We do want to build fluency. I'm not saying don't let them reread it. But in order to keep practicing the decoding part, they need to keep having new books in front of them. So I had purchased one set of decodable books and then I saw another set of decodable books. And then I, there was a reading program I liked and wanted to try. So I don't have any readers yet, so I've got all this stuff that I've purchased for that. I've got um, handwriting without tears, the you know early, early um, kits to work on letter formation and number formation, and so I've got that. Um, and then I've also there's been like the the Montessori um, bundles where it's like a whole bunch of a whole bunch of PDFs. And it's all these different things that it's almost like it's each single bundle seems like it's too much that you could never use all of it. But then like they come out with them quarterly. And I think I've bought twice. And then I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm going to ever buy again because it's so much. And then it also feels disjointed because it's, you know, from all these different contributors. And so like a lot of it, I'm sure we'll never use, but it's also so cheap. It was like, $20 or $25 for each bundle. 
So it's so cheap that it's not, it's not really a big problem if we don't use all of it. Um, it doesn't take a whole lot to get our money's worth. Uh, like I, you know, we're working on letters and sounds very informally and um, more so in theory than in actuality. I guess I, I have plans. Anyway, so I was printing out all the one, one set, one PDF from this and it was like 82 pages and it's, you know, letter practicing letters and sounds and it was a material that I really liked and I downloaded it and I printed it out and but there's all those other ones so that one alone I'm happy I'm happy for $20 just on that one even though I have all these other ones um I'm not really trying to pitch the bundle it's great buy it if you want to don't if you don't want to I don't even know which bundle that was from so I can't help you on that um, if you really want to know, email me. I, I will, I will find out for you. Okay. So that's where we're at. I have curriculum. We don't use it. Um, we use books more instead. So like, even with the letters and sounds, I found, um, a book. I found a book. This is, um, the alphabet, how Pinecone and Pepper Pot, with the help of Tiptoes Lightly and Farmer John, learned Tom Nutcracker and Juneberry their letters by Reg Down. Um, so this one we just started and it's, you know, it's stories as done as like little chapters and then they work on each letter as they go through it. So we just started, we haven't even gotten to A yet because there's three chapters before A even starts. So. Um, a couple days ago, we um, started that. And we're just doing like one chapter a day. Um, so things like that, like where the story is fun and engaging and kind of drives an interest. So my plan is we'll read A when we get to A and then we'll practice A and then I'll use the things that we I've printed out about A and we can work on A and talk about A and, you know, do, do everything with A for a day. And then the next day is B and so on and so on. Um, so then my philosophies. So as you can kind of tell, I don't strictly follow curriculum, but I have some. I like the unschooling ideas somewhat. I'm still a teacher at heart, a public school teacher. I don't even know that I'm a public school teacher at heart. I support public schools at heart. Um, I am a teacher at heart. I care a great deal about education and it is very important to me. How do kids learn best? And I absolutely think that for some kids, unschooling is the best method. And for other kids, which, which fits with unschooling, actually, you know, it's all about following the child's lead, which is also very Montessori. Um, and I definitely agree with all of that. Following their interests, following their lead, what are they interested in? Um, and then I also think that there's a piece of needing to be aware of what are they going to need to learn. So I guess it's a proactive directed unschooling, maybe, um, where I'm letting, I'm having those conversations in theory going into the future that you need to know X, Y, Z. 
um, or it's important to me that you know XYZ, how do you want to work on learning it? So it's not just following their lead and letting them do whatever they want all day long, which is kind of how unschooling was described to me at first. And I think that's that like radical unschooling where it is like, just do whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, you know, wake up when you want, go to bed when you want, eat whatever you want, do whatever you want all day long. Um, and I'm not saying I'm against it. If that's what works for you and your family, I definitely think the kids can have a great education that way. I'm not there. I, um, but I'm not super far from it either. I just want to make sure that I'm exposing my kids to a lot of different things so that they know what's available. And I also want to have those conversations so they know what might be important. Um, so it's all, it's, it's all of those pieces. So there is that there's, which is more, I would say more, less of an unschooling approach, more of maybe a relaxed homeschooling approach. Um, I also love getting them outside. So then I follow like the wild schooling, um, or things, you know, nature based stuff. And like I said, I've got these Montessori materials. I love the Montessori math materials, like the golden beads, um, and, and, and the, 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 the counting sticks and like the, these different materials. I love them for showing conceptually concepts, conceptually. <laughs> I love the way they can show, they can conceptually show math concepts so that you're, you're physically holding a 10 and five little ones. And you know that that is 15. That's what 15 feels like, looks like, and it's more than 14 and it's less than 16. And you can see it, you can feel it. And you know that it's a 10 and a, and some ones. You can see that. You can see that they all have the 10, but then they also have these little ones. And that part is what's different. And that's how that number correlates. And I love that because not enough time is spent on number sense and it really messes kids up in a lot of traditional curriculum. Um, you know, they go through it, they explain it once, and it's really up to the teachers and parents to make sure that we keep coming back to it. But when the curriculum doesn't keep coming back to it, we forget to. So I love those materials. The Montessori math materials are probably my favorite math materials that I've seen. Um, so I huge fan. Um, okay. I decided to show you what I'm talking about for those who are watching on video. These are some of the things. So like they've got these golden beads and there's also the one through 10 that don't have this extra like 10 hanging. But I liked this part of showing that a 10 and a one, a 10 and two, 10 and three, 10 and four to show what each of those numbers represents. And then there's this little tray at the bottom so that the tens and then you can see the numbers getting smaller or larger, depending on which way you think about it. Um, so it's very visual, very kinesthetic, tactile, very, very conceptual. I love it. So that's one of the materials that I love. And I was talking about um, when I was mentioning that I love the Montessori stuff. Now there's also the Waldorf. Like I mentioned, I think I mentioned this is the alphabet is a Waldorf um, material. So Montessori is very about real life, practical application. Love it. Waldorf is very much about fantasy and ha and story and leaving and having the this 
exploration of story and fantasy lead to learning different concepts. Love it. So I think what I'm kind of leaning on and, and finding that works best for me or I love the most is very Montessori math and more Waldorf language arts type stuff. Now, there's also Montessori um, materials that I love for, for reading, like the individual letters and sandpaper letters and all of that, that I think they can support each other. And even though in a lot of ways, it seems like they're, they're opposite of each other, they do support each other. And I constantly am seeing on Montessori websites, Waldorf materials, and on Waldorf websites, Montessori materials. So like, we know that they are more closely um, connected than it might initially think appear. Um, and we also know that every child is different and what works for one kid won't work for another. So having a variety of materials is beneficial. <coughs> Sorry, this cop. Okay, so that's where I'm at on philosophies. So takeaway for today, every family is different. Do what works for you. This is just where we're at. This is what we're doing. Um, and engaged learning works for everyone. So the things that engage my kids, books, are the things we're going to do a lot of. The things that don't engage them, I'm going to just let go and set aside, even if it's hard. Because there are some things that I keep trying to get them interested in. Like, there's some Montessori materials. Um, the more early learning stuff, like the little pink tower and the... Um, little cylinders, they're, they'll do it, sort of. They're just not that interested. Um, puzzles right now, they're not really interested in. Sometimes. Depends. But I feel like I'm kind of trying to get them interested more than they really are. So I also have to let them go. Let it go sometimes, you know? Um, so let me know. Tell me about your journey. Where are you at? You can let me know anything you're struggling with. You can let me know anything you found that you think I'd be interested in. I'm sure I would be. I love hearing about anything related to education. So let me know where you're at, what you guys are doing. Um, as long or short as you want, you can send me a whole video, whatever. I can't wait to hear from you. Kimberlyn at decodinglearningdifferences.com.